Mm. <laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio. We back. I got my co-host, Water. Water is the ultimate co-host in life. Without water, there's nothing. There's nothing. Whatever you stressing about don't even exist without water. Just keep that in mind. Whatever you think is more important than water, it's not. It's not, man. To my parents out here, man. Parents and the patron saints in the community, if you're listening, how important is it for you to stress the importance of water to your children? Are you really bringing that home? Are you just giving them juice all the time? Or are you really giving them just straight, you better drink that water? Are you making sure your kids are hydrated enough with water out here? And do your kids ask for it? Do they want it? Do they seek out the water? Are they like, man, I want some water, mom, dad, water? Because that's what we need to do, man. We got to lay off the juices. We got to lay off the hooses, as I like to call them, the hoose. We got to lay off the juices, man. All that sugary, man. And even the stuff you think is healthy ain't as healthy as you think. You can't go wrong with the water. I mean, you can, but you can't. You can't. There's less calories in there. No sugars. You know what I'm saying? No extra bullshit in there. Get in on this water life. You need it. It's everything. Your skin, your body, your organs, your blood flow. It's so important. Man, you washing stuff out, you filtering stuff. Put a little lemon in there. Squeeze a little lemon juice in there for the filtration. Get in on it, man. I love it. See, we bathe with it. We wash our hands. We bathe with it. But I don't think we respect it enough, man. Water, H2O. Get in on it. How much did y'all drink yesterday? A couple bottles, maybe a shot glass of water. You called it the day you thought you was doing something. Thought you was killing the game because you had one full 16-ounce bottle. You thought you was good, right? Ain't enough. Get in on it, man. Water is everything. Water is life, man. I got my patron saints in here. I got a patron saint by the name of Struggle Beard Bakery. All right? He came to my show in Chicago, bought me these cookies, right? Vegan cookies, chocolate chip, and oatmeal raisin. I want to I sock his glasses off. I want to sock his glasses off. Because he brought, he brought the devil with him. He brought cocaine to a drug head. That's what he did. I'm trying to get my life together. I'm pookie in New Jack City. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do better in life. He brought me the crack rocks in the bag. And I smoked every, man, it's two cookies left. I don't know how many he gave me initially. How many did you give me initially, Struggle Beard Bakery? How many How many was in your little gift bag? Huh, your little gift bag? He was like, man, let me bless Tony with the goods, with the, with the drugs. He gave me 10 cookies. I got two left. I'm cracked out, man. I'm, this is intervention. He gave me 10 cookies. I got two left. I'm praying that it's some more cookies in the suitcase. But as of now, on the kitchen counter, I got two left. I don't know if Sabrina grabbed one. I don't know. But God damn, man. Cookie... Cookies, let me tell you something, man. Cookies are just, 
special. Cookies are special. And if they're soft, come on, man. Come on, don't do me like this. If they're soft cookies, I'm powerless out here. I can't do nothing against the soft. A soft cookie coming in, I'm not passing that up, especially oatmeal raisin, chocolate chip, snickerdoodle, peanut butter. I'm just... Why would why would you bring me this? Why would you bring me this? I'm always trying to slim it down. Then you bring in the drugs straight to my doorstep. I'm out here fighting for my goddamn life. You think it's easy for me to pass up an insomnia cookies at 12 midnight? They still open, hot and ready. When you order the cookies, they pull them out the warmer and they be soft to order. You think that's it? I went to crumble cookies yesterday. I went to crumble. I already had the crack rock on the counter in the kitchen. I went to crumble. That's why I tweeted, crumble is better than insomnia cookies. And I stand by that. Crumble is better than insomnia cookies. Now, a lot of people feel like the cookies that crumble are undercooked. I like undercooked. I just want my, I want my cookies slightly cooked. If, if we compare it to meat, I like my cookies rare. We'll, we'll say medium rare. I like my cookies medium rare. I like my cookies falling off the bone. I like my chocolate chip cookies boneless, meaning I like chocolate chip cookies with no chips. Now, a lot of, a lot of you are saying, like, that don't even make sense. Yes, it does. Because you think a sugar cookie is a chocolate chip cookie without the chips. A sugar cookie is a different cookie. The chocolate chip cookie, that's a, it's darker. The visual is darker. It tastes different than a sugar cookie. I'm not a big sugar cookie fan. But I love chocolate chip cookies. And if I could just have like maybe two chips in the whole thing, I'm good. I like my chocolate chip cookies boneless without the chips. A lot of people don't understand what I'm talking about because you're not a cookie connoisseur. And I like my cookies soft. I like that tender middle, man. Like I said, medium rare. Some of y'all like y'all cookies well done, burnt, hard, crunchy. That's cool. That's you. I don't like all that. Give me, give me, give me the soft cookies, man. I want to cut that mug in half, and it's just it looks like it's just un, it looks like it's raw in there. Give me that, cause I'll eat cookie dough uncooked. This is who I am. I'll go to a cookie dough place and just get the dough. So you know I don't need a fully cooked, uh, well done cookie. I don't need no well done cookies out here. I said all that to say this: Struggle Beard Bakery. Unfollow me. I'm blocking you. I'm blind. I know you're a patron saint. I know you're a patron saint. But you ruined my life. I couldn't stop eating them damn cookies, man. Now I'm back on the full cookie wagon. Wait, I fell off the wagon. Wait, what is the wagon? If, you, if you're off the wagon, that means you're back on the drugs, right? So being on the wagon means you're, you're doing good. You're getting your life together. I'm off the wagon now. I'm fully cookied out. I'm in these streets. I'm out here scratching my neck. I'm in an alley. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing sexual favors for cookies at this point. If you got if you got a soft, medium rare cookie in an alley, what you what you want? 
what you need. You know what I'm saying? My lips is ashy for the cookies. So I just wanted to throw you, throw you under the bus for that. You dirty bastard. You dirty bastard. Um, Sabrina is uh, on the set, so she couldn't be here in studio today. You know what I mean? Uh, I got a mirror on the ones and twos. Uh, and we in here, man. Let's talk about what's going on. The baby. The baby. He just, it's always something with the baby. It's always something. Always into something. He is the baby. Because the baby is always into something. And that's him. That's why he chose that name, the baby. And when he says the baby, a toddler. Toddlers are always into something. So he is living up to his rap name for sure. He's always into something. You know how you can't take your eye off a toddler? One false look away, your toddler is in the street, on the balcony, fork in hand, headed for the outlet. Toddlers are notorious for trying to kill themselves. They doing whatever they can do to put their lives on the line and to stress you out. The baby is out here always into something. He fighting people. He disrespecting baby mamas. He shooting people. He he just, it's always something. I'm like, man, it's never a dull moment. Now, he done hauled off and swung on one of, one of the dudes on his label. I don't know what the, the initial dust up is. I don't know. But they got him on camera swinging at this dude. He walks past him, and then he turns around and swings on him twice. I'm just like, oh, shit. Then, this is right after he shot somebody at his house recently. He shot somebody at Walmart. He's fighting in the bowling alley. He fight, It's just, Jesus Christ. Man, he going to walk in the traffic. Soon he going to walk in the traffic. You know what I'm saying? He going to walk off the balcony. He going to put a fork in the outlet, man. He out here. Somebody said, Granny said, the mess. He disrespecting the gay community. It's just, he's doing it all. He's covering all bases. I'm like, man, always something. Talented guy, good rapper, but always into something. And you got to be like, God damn, man. And now they, they done re-released the footage of the Walmart shooting. They're saying, is this really self-defense? I'm like, oh, God damn, man. This, this is just, it's a lot going on with the baby. But, man, you got to watch him, man. Always into something. That's, his, that's what I'm calling him from here on out. Always into something. You get that new uh, Always Into Something album? I'm just doing that because, man, it's one thing after another. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. You tired? You need a break? You good? You good? I don't know, man. But he out there. I hope he gets. I hope he gets some help. I hope he got good people in his corner to be like, "Yo, chill." Um, something. I don't know. Um, Elon Musk is really about to buy Twitter. Elon Musk is really putting the money up for Twitter. Forty-four billion dollars, man. Imagine. First of all. Imagine having that much money, man. $44 billion. Yeah, let me get that off the rack. He's buying Twitter off the rack. $44 billion. You know how much money that is? 
$44 billion. You know how much money that is? Wait, how much is he worth? Oh, going in. He went up a lot. His net worth has went up too much. Elon, he got too much money, to be honest. It always goes up every month. He is worth $264.6 billion. He is worth two hundred and forty. Wait, two hundred and sixty-four point six billion dollars. Give me the point six. He could have bought Twitter six times and had twenty billion left, twenty-two billion or something. Like he that. could buy Facebook. How much is Facebook selling for? It's not. Mark Zuckerberg ain't gonna let that slide. Yeah, let me see. How much? Is Facebook worth? Oh, Facebook is worth four hundred and ninety-one billion. Yeah, Twitter's right. not so Twitter's not as big as a big as a platform as Facebook. Because Facebook it? got Instagram and WhatsApp. They do. Oh yeah. God damn. Yeah. Twitter's a lot smaller uh, platform. Mark Zuckerberg net worth. How much is he worth? He is worth seventy-five point two billion dollars. Why Mark? Why Mark Zuckerberg look like that? He is a weird-looking individual. Not not saying that Elon Musk is the epitome of looking regular, but... Yeah, Zuckerberg is like a robot. Zuckerberg looks like an android. Somebody randomly in my patron saints, Larita, just told me the Bulls lost. What do you mean? We play tomorrow. Don't be don't be doing that, Slarita. Don't be coming in here with the negative energy, man. Don't, don't do that. You scared me. I thought we had an early game, man. I panicked. Don't do that. Zach Levine. What you mean, Zach Levine? Levine is out? Wait, hold on. I got to pause. Sorry. Hold on, guys. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, guys. Zach Levine. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he is in. He got, Health and safety protocol. We're done. He got the vid. We're done. We are done. Bulls lost. Bulls lost. We out of just let just expose the team to COVID. It's the playoffs. They'll be all right. Expose the team. Come on, man. Come on, man. Oh, this is, you know what, just forget. Let's turn this episode off, man. We're done. We're done here. God damn it. Oh, they playing the Milwaukee Bucks. We needed all hands on deck. We already lost Caruso. Oh, I need to go to that game in Milwaukee. I need to fly out there tomorrow and go. God damn, man. Uh, All right, it was was a good run. It was a good run. We're done. Anyway, Elon Musk buying Twitter. I just hope when he buys Twitter that we can get off the community guideline bullshit. I want I want somebody else to buy Instagram 
and and Facebook, so we can just get all this community guideline bullshit. The community guidelines, our community guidelines. It's getting ridiculous. It's getting annoying, and it's getting to be too much. The community guideline system is flawed on Instagram and Facebook. They got bots looking at things. Anybody can report your post, and they're not doing their due diligence to make sure that the complaint is even valid. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my boy Sheldon, he he showed me. He was talking about shooting somebody in the comments section. He's a photographer. He was talking about shooting somebody in the comments section, meaning shoot them for a photo shoot. They flagged this comment and pulled it. This is what I'm talking about, man. You don't know the context of what we're talking about. If I say shut your ass up to a friend, that should not be flagged. Come on, man. Y'all doing too much with the community guidelines. And it, you, you, a robot is looking at trigger words within the community guidelines. And you're not getting the full context of what's being said and how it's being said and how it's being presented. Anybody can just be like, I don't like what they posted. And now they're looking at you sideways. Now you're getting shadow banned. Now you're getting your stuff pulled. Now you're getting your page taken over some bullshit community guideline allegations. And I'm sick of it. And I know I'm, I know I'm shadow banned. Somebody told me in the comment section the other day, yesterday, like, yo, Tony, I think you shadow banned because I haven't seen you on my feed in like two days. And y'all know daily I post eight times a day. I post eight times a day, usually. Usually like six to eight things I'm posting. Uh, I'm usually promoting shows, posting voiceovers, posting clips, posting uh, content that I'm in. And so for you to miss two days worth of posts, you done missed a lot of shit. Algorithm. The out al the algorithm. It's so bad. It's so dumb. All I see is suggested. It'd be like three regular people be like suggested, suggested, suggested. And I'd be like, man. And then Bruh. they gave you the little following thing, but you have to it doesn't default to it or whatever. It doesn't. It goes straight to whatever. You gotta press the favorites. You gotta press the favorites every time you go to your Instagram. It's yeah. annoying. Instagram has definitely fallen. From grace, but Man. so many people use it, it's hard not to use it. And Facebook, Facebook just drove me away on all fronts. It was just like once they took my page the first time, I didn't even want to come back. But my brand manager was like, "Yo, you have to come back." And then I came back, and then they was on my ass again. And it was just like, it's too much. It's too much. So I don't know how tight Twitter is with their guidelines and their. You know, they seem a little bit more lenient. They definitely seem more lenient than uh, Instagram and Facebook. Matter of fact, I see a lot of porn on Twitter. Like, it'd be full smash clips going on on Twitter. So, I don't know how things are going to change with Elon Musk coming in to buy Twitter. Not for the better. Oh, my God. Not for us. Man, I, I keep telling people, bro, I got to be real cautious about how y'all look up to these billionaires and stuff like that mm. they're not in the, they're not their best interest isn't in for you right and when mark and when uh not mark Zuckerberg, when elon musk is out here been memeing and doing all this other weird stuff and you know talking about all these things that supposedly 
get the attention of people who uh, look up to him or whatever. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, they're banning us and doing all this stuff. Well, we need to get our free speech back. So that's his whole approach, free, free speech. speech huh? So now I want to buy back Twitter. What free speech problems did you have before? Right. You know what I'm saying? Who are you trying to, you know, what are you trying to appeal to? And then mm-hmm. you realize the kind of company that Elon Musk runs when he's dealing with, like, racial issues and stuff like that in his company is. where they <coughs> discriminate against minority employees and stuff. And it's almost like, you know, on some real, really terrible stuff. And then it's like, well, I'm on Twitter, but this is, I want to do these kind of things. It's like, what you trying to do? Yeah. It's like, it, it, you know, what, like, what do you, what, what, is, what is it that you can't say on Twitter for real? Right. That you really need to say? What mm-hmm. is it exactly? And that's what makes me be like, I don't, I think it's going to turn into some like backdoor 4chan type thing or whatever. He's talking about authenticating all the humans that are on there. So it gets rid of bots. And I was like, you don't need to know my identification. Like, yeah. you don't need to know that stuff. Like, it's, you're a social network. But <clears throat> a lot of people also look at it as just social media. Right. But the difference about Twitter being like, Twitter specifically is how journalism is handled through it. It's not screenshots, it's links with ways to verify these kind of things, right? right? And with somebody like him in control, he could change what what that is. Essentially. Oh, shit. So that's why it's like that's why it's a big deal. You can't just let certain people just buy things. Like, why does uh Jeff Bezos own the Washington Post? Right. You know, that's not normal. You know what I'm saying? Like a billionaire got he he's in control of how people perceive him. And I feel right. like that's what's going Elon Musk, he doesn't like the way he's perceived online cuz you, you're a nerd, you're weird. You're, you're strange. It's just in he general. Is weird. So then it's like, okay, I could change the way I'm perceived. Now I got all these people under my comments basically being, you know, fans or bootlicking for me. And it's like, "Oh, right, well, now I got my audience and everybody's like, yeah, if you're if you're worried you're going to leave Twitter, you're just scared of free speech and all that stuff." And I was like, "Free speech?" Hmm. What exactly? What part of free speech are we missing here on Twitter? Right. God damn. That sounds like it sounds more hateful than it would be anything else. Right. It's like you gotta understand, man. There's, when it comes to free speech, you say something and then other people react to it. Is that not free speech? Is that right. not how the dialect goes? You taking away the opportunity for there to be a debate or di- like dialogue in general and just mm. making it one sided. I wanna say this, so I will say this, and there won't be any re- repercussions. Mm. So any any backlash or whatever, people are always like, ah, whatever, whatever. We, Always talk about this. Talk about these things. Like, no, nah, we should criticize these people. We can, you know, everything right. can be criticized. So right. why not? Everybody kind of get on their thing. They don't want to be criticized. They just want to say what they want to say. They don't want to be criticized about it. And I don't. Mm-hmm. That's just ain't how it is. That ain't how it goes. And, one, and once you lose that critical thinking, man, you, you ain't no free speech. You can't criticize me, man. Get, block them. But that's real though. Now you got me scared. Now it. it I've already been like in the you know when his changes start kicking in effect, I'll just have to go. Yeah. You know, everybody's saying like if you're gonna deactivate, make sure you archive all your data and stuff. That way you got proof of like what you've actually said. Oh shit. And stuff like that. Like it and, and obviously this could this is like worst case scenario. Yeah. You always want it to go better, but it's just knowing Elon Musk's track record, like how he right. just kind of just buys things and then it switches or whatever. Yeah. He don't got a good track record. And I don't even know why they even let that happen. Twitter is, I feel like it's fine, and, it, you know, there's changes that could be made, but I feel like it's fine in the way it works now. Right. Imagine, like, for for instance, let's see, let's let's say something that he didn't agree with, basically. Mm-hmm. So, pandemic's going on. He had already tried to send his people back to work yeah. in the middle of it, right? And I ain't worried about that. These numbers is nothing, right? So, you're on his platform trying to tell people, hey, this thing is still pretty bad. Right. And you'd be like, man, get that shit off my, yeah. you, you Wipe know. Wipe that off. Yeah. Damn. That's true, man. Who owned Twitter before? Let me see. A dude named Jack. But he didn't, the thing is, it was more like, you know how companies are. They're like, 
uh, specific with shareholders and stuff like that. So I think Jack mm. was like majority owner in the company and he had a whole bunch of workers. But even Twitter workers, the people were like, he's like, I don't know what my job is now. I don't know what's going on. Nobody's really told us anything. It kind of just happened. Yeah. And now he came out and bought the whole, like he's bidding to buy the entire thing. And it, and it, it supposedly is happening. They said it happened, but you know, there's checks and stuff that have to go through in order to make it confirmed. Oh, you know so it, it's, no, it's happening. I'm pretty God sure. Man. Yesterday they confirmed that he was buying it. I was like, yeah, this is. Jack Dorsey has a net worth of seven billion dollars. Jack Dorsey owned 18 million shares of Twitter. In other words, Jack only owned about two percent of Twitter's total total outstanding shares, aka two percent of the company as a whole. I don't know. I don't really be on Twitter like that, but <clears throat> piss. I mean, it's is. I look at Twitter like when you think about memes and stuff, where they come from. Like Twitter is the meme start. Yeah. It starts on Twitter, then it spreads through everything we else. Get, from a we screenshot. get it on Instagram two weeks later. Like, hey, yeah, this, this right here. Yeah, and Twitter be like, man, we've been off that. Yeah, people and are it, fast on Twitter. And I don't think there's another platform where you can really say words like that, like express words where people can interact. In a yeah. way where, you know, it doesn't work that well on Reddit. Tumblr right. isn't, you know, who gets on Tumblr like that? TikTok is mo- is all video. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it, you know, specific platform when it's about words. They so, some tight asses, too, over there in uh, TikTokville as well. They TikTok is, yeah, TikTok super stuff is tight crazy. Ass. I'm sick of them, too, man. I'm sick of everybody, man. Sick of it all. It's the world we live in. It's not just social media. This is this is the internet, like. When people go to sources, they're not Googling things. They go they, they go on social media to figure out what's going on. Absolutely. They go to a reliable source on social media. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go, I'm not about to go on CNN website. Nah. Too, too many ads. Work. Too many ads on CNN it's website. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to the Twitter page. I got to subscribe? Oh, shit. Forget that. So Elon and Twitter, man, we're going to see what's going to happen, man. We're talking NBA playoffs. So everybody's been clowning. The Brooklyn Nets were getting swept about the playoffs by the Boston Celtics. Swept. Straight custodial work. Boston Celtics came out with a big set of keys hanging off their belt loop. Swept the, the Brooklyn Nets up out of here. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, out of here. People are mad at Ben Simmons for not doing nothing. Watching his team get beat up. He's just sitting on the sidelines like, man, I don't really feel it. My back. My back. I don't know, man. Like, for me, I'm kind of stubborn. I'm kind of a uh, a workhorse. Me, you know, if my back was 65 70%, I'm still going to attempt to play in the playoffs. If I can bring any type of value to anything, just to take the heat off Durant and Kyrie or something, me personally, if I was Ben Simmons – and I can't speak for his back, but I would have tried to get out there. That's just how I'm programmed. There's no way I could just sit on the sidelines and watch it all unfold without me trying to interject. Now, mind you, you know, he might not have no emotional attachment to the team. He just got there. But still, just as a player, as a as a uh, competitor, I've just been like, man, let me see what my back talking about. I'm 6'11", you know. Any type of defensive presence I can bring, because 
Durant and Kyrie are not defensive presences. They're, you know, so he just needed something. Get a big body out there, even if you just standing around holding your back. At least you're out there with a distraction. I don't know. He pumped fake because he, he said he was coming. He said he was coming. Yo, I think I'm playing. I'm going to play tomorrow, y'all. But nah, I ain't playing. And you know, they're just, you're tearing everybody apart, man. I think if he just would have not said anything, it would have been better. He would have. I, I, he still called a little heat just because it's Ben Simmons. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been. Yeah. The yeah. pump fake is what's killing it. And I get like, at the same time, we saw what happened when you send players out if they were still somewhere hurt. I remember then, Durant did that. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was that was bad. So it's like, you know, I, I, I get that. And probably from his perspective it was probably like, you know, I don't I don't I don't know how, you know, what percentage of how healthy he feels. Or, right. You know, anything like that. So going out there and then hitting a the risk, that's your money. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I get it. He ain't never he has no chemistry with that team yet. So it's, it's one of those things as well. So let's go out no there chemistry. and it, it could have been worse. He go out there and to play terrible. Yeah. Why you even come back? I get the pressure, but he would have been he'd have been lose lose unless he went out there and scored thirty points and yeah, saved the and game. That just ain't, like, and that yeah. just ain't him, you know. Especially not in the position he. What was he playing? Point guard supposed to wasn't it strong? Uh, a power forward. I think they have him. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where he would have played, yeah. but you know, to fit into that offense where Kyrie really wasn't there for the year, right. it was mostly KD, and then you throw somebody that hasn't played all year in the playoffs. We are already down. 03? Yeah. Nah, it, it wasn't going to be a good look for him regardless. In, I would have In tried. his defense, but I he definitely should have just shut up and not said that he was coming back. And then I guess he saw game three was like, no. Once I say, like, you know, all right, I think I'm going to give it a go, y'all. I would have gave it a go. I just came out and then, you know. And then, if, and then if I told my back up again, I'd be like, man, I tried, y'all. I tried. And then he'd be like, yeah, we respect you for tearing your back up even more. But, you know, and my team hanging on by a thread, now Levine is out with COVID. I'm just like, just, uh, uh, we had hope. We had hope in that first game. We almost we almost beat the Bucks. We came from a huge deficit, came back, took the lead, lost it. We lost it. I was like, second game, we win in Milwaukee. I'm like, yo, we got the Bucks. We got the ball. I was there at the game, seeing it unfold, and that's what the Bulls needed. They needed me at the games live. I should have went to that game Sunday afternoon in Chicago. I'd have been sitting, probably in the nosebleeds, but like, but they would have felt my energy in there. So, but I'm just glad, and I tweeted this. I'm just glad the Bulls didn't go out first. That's the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets died in the opening credits of the NBA playoffs. If this was a horror movie, the Brooklyn Nets were Drew Barrymore in Scream, Jada Pinkett in Scream 2. They are, you know, the they died first in this movie. I'm just glad it's not my bulls. We still alive. We still in here. And it shoot, tonight, tonight we might lose a couple more teams. Let me see who's on the table for the night. The Nuggets. It's the Nuggets and who? Because they're 3-1. The Nuggets play tonight? They should, unless they take in the. No, the Nuggets played last night, didn't they? No. Oh, no? No, okay. no they played. Um, so today Sunday. we got Atlanta. So Atlanta could go home tonight? Yeah. And that's it. 
Atlanta's the only option because everybody the other game is Memphis and Timberwolves, and that's two two, and then we got Phoenix and the Pelicans, and that's two two. So oh, so they they get I guess they gave them a longer break then because I thought I thought it was like all the games was like either other day they flip flop. No, they give like an extra because we was technically we were supposed to play today, but they giving us an extra you know mm. flip flop day. So oh, because I guess then tomorrow would be yeah the Bulls and. Uh, Milwaukee and so tomorrow Nuggets we and got uh, tomorrow we got Bulls Milwaukee Nuggets Warriors. So, hey, we ain't got no Levine. God damn it! So Atlanta could go home tonight, and if if they go home tonight, you know I ain't got no beef with Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? But I would rather just another team go home before my Bulls do. Just on some. I don't want to be second. Um, but that's where we at, man. I'm sick of it, man. I can't get no sports satisfaction out here, man. Tired of it. Um, Mike Tyson had to slap the shit out of somebody on the flight. Dude kept messing with him. Good. Dude kept messing with him. Like, why? How dumb do you have to be to keep messing with Mike Tyson? How dumb... Do you have to be? This is the epitome of dumb. You look up dumb in the dictionary, the encyclopedia, Wikipedia, whatever research you do on dumb, this is the guy. Who does this? Who messes with Mike Tyson? Who walks into a tiger cage and slaps a tiger up? Who does this? Why? What was the end game? What was your plan? And don't give me you was drunk. Drunk or not, it's Mike Tyson. The thought of messing with Mike Tyson should sober you up. That should be an instant sober. Like, let's say you pissy drunk. Let's say you just like, uh, hold hold it together, guys. Let's say you're that drunk. It's just, well, wait a minute now. Hold on now. If somebody said to you, go slap Mike Tyson while you're that drunk, you'd have been like, what? Excuse me? Pardon me? Excuse Did you just tell me to slap Mike Tyson? Sir, I'm not that drunk. Excuse me. I have to go over here and piss myself. You're going to sober up in that moment. You're going to become eloquent and well-spoken. You're going to have your shit together. At the mere thought of messing with this man, Mike Tyson is the scariest individual on the planet to me. He just always is. And there's there's plenty of tough guys out here. There's plenty of tough guys and, you know, guys with hands and feet and, you know, straight killers in the ring. But it's something about Mike Tyson that trumps all of them. When I look at great fighters, I look at Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, you know, fighters that have beat Mike Tyson, that have beaten Mike Tyson in the ring. I'm still more scared of Mike Tyson than them. It's just some, it's an extra element to Mike Tyson that makes him the scariest individual on the planet for me personally. I don't know what it is. Evander Holyfield was hanging with Mike Tyson. But if Mike, Evander Holyfield does not scare me the same way. 
You know, Moyo said Mike's mental scares me. I don't know what it is. But, man, that dude, I'm just like, yo, man. That's Mike Tyson, man. He can haul off. And, just, and, it, and his punches looked hard. They just looked devastating. When he was slapping this dude up, it looked like devastation on the slap tip. And this is a man that's, that's trying to be peaceful. He's hosting podcasts. He's smoking weed. You know, he's getting philosophical. You know, he's a deep thinker. He's emotional. He's he's in touch with his humanity and his feelings. But at the same time, on the underneath, this man is dangerous. And you silly motherfuckers out here, y'all need to stop playing with this man. Stop playing with this man. You ain't got to kiss his ass. You ain't got to bootlick or whatever you want to call it. You ain't got to ass kiss. But respect the game. I'm scared of, look, I'm not scared of tigers. Like when I see, if I saw, if a tiger walked into the studio right now, I'm not even going to panic. I'm just be like, yo, it's a tiger in here. Just, you know, but at the same time, I know what they're capable of. I'm going to be like, yo, I'm going to keep my movements limited. You know, I'm coming in smooth. I ain't making no big movements. I ain't yelling. I ain't barking loud. I ain't doing nothing extra. That tiger's in here. He's going to have to come to me. And I'm going to just be like, oh, oh, snap. I'm going to hold my hand out in a non-threatening manner. This is what I do with people's dogs. Like, I just come in with the soft hand. I come in with this, the phlegms. You know, just to let you know, hey, smell me, get a sense of my vibe, smell me, and know that I ain't on no bullshit. I come in peace. Here's my hand. That's how that's how I greet animals. I come in with the soft, yo, get a, get a sniff, get a whiff of this. I'm good. I'm an ally. I'm a companion. I'm a good guy. I'm coming at tigers the same way. It's not fear. It's just a level of respect. It's, you know, it's. But Mike Tyson, man. I'd rather be in the cage with the tiger. Be honest, which. That man was slapping the mess out of him on that flight, man. Giving him the good pieces, the robust slaps. Just. Slaps Fifth Avenue. The whole road was rocking. Big slaps. Flight attendants was just like, oh, 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 the slaps. First class pieces. I don't even know if anybody's ever been slapped like that in first class. Ultimate robust slaps. Full steam ahead. Andre, three slaps. Man, those slaps was crisp. He was bleeding upside his head. The slaps drew blood. They broke skin. The slaps. That's some hard slaps, man. They broke skin. Multiple paps. Gave him the full paps. And I was just like, that's what you get. That's what you get. And people were like, oh, oh. 
He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have broken. He knew better. Mike Tyson is, is is in the wrong. Man, let me tell you something, man. People don't have to sit here and take it. People don't have to sit here and take disrespect. They don't, man. Yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. You know, this is a professional fighter. You got to be careful. I get that. But come on, man. Let's stop babying idiots. Let's stop babying idiots, man. He was an idiot for doing that. Leave Mike Tyson alone. Let that be a lesson. And if you were doing it for attention, you dirty bastard. You dirty bastard, man. Them slaps was crisp. Crisp. Those slaps was un- oven roasted at 375. Mike Tyson sat there. He put his hands in the oven. 375 was the preheat. He let him sit in that oven for about 10 minutes until golden brown. And he put them hands back on, slapped the shit out of this dude, pieced him out, slapping him all up in his eyebrows and his hairline, cheeks, slapped him in his eardrum. Everything was getting slap distribution. And that's what you get. Sit your ass down and hush. That's how you avoid getting slapped on the streets. That's how you avoid getting slapped by a former world champion. Sit down and hush. It's a simple formula. Sit your ass down and hush. Let that be a lesson. If you don't want to get your eyebrows slapped off, if you don't want to get your eyebrow, if you don't want to get your hairline knocked loose, sit down and hush. It's a simple formula. You'll 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 live longer with this recipe right here, right now. I'm telling you right now. Um, somebody asked a question. They asked me, um, what I do, when am I bringing back Working Wild? They're working on it, actually. They're working wild on it, actually. I would love to bring back Working Wild. I had a great time uh, shooting that show. Matter of fact, when we were shooting it, we had more episodes slated to shoot, but at that time, ADD had shut down. So... You know, so so we were going to have more episodes for you guys. But I would love to bring that back, man. I had a great time uh, shooting that show for real. So hopefully uh, we'll get it back going. And hopefully y'all will tune in. And I'm glad y'all liked it, man. I need to repost it and let people know that the show exists and they, they can watch it and get in on it. Um, oh, somebody also asked me a question uh, in my movie night watch party with my patron saints. They ask, how do I feel about parents that grew up poor that want their kids to struggle? Parents that grew up poor, but they want their kids to struggle. How do I feel about that? Um, In a sense, I get, I get what they're trying to do. They want parents that grew up poor. They want their kids to know what it's like to, struggling you know 
not being able to have everything you've ever wanted and, and to work for things and to and to realize that you're not always going to get what you want. There's some valuable lessons within that to where, you know, because a lot of these rich kids, they may feel entitled. They may feel spoiled. They may they may not know what denial is or not being able to have something. Or I feel like those are valuable lessons. Um. For doing it just for the sake of, you know, I was poor, so you're going to feel what it's like. If you're just doing it for that reason, I feel like that's not really right. Uh, Because we all want our kids to have a better life than we had, right? But I feel like, you know, some kids without that experience can lose sight of, you know, can lose sight of what it is to struggle, what it is to work hard for something, what it is to really want something bad that you might not be able to achieve just yet because you have been getting everything you've ever wanted your whole life. So I don't feel like you should make your kids struggle, but you really, you really should prove home the point that, you know, it's not like this for everybody. You are privileged. You are, you know, in a place where, you know, you're getting things that people might not ever achieve or have access to or this or that. Just as long as your kids are mindful of that and realize the blessings and the the opportunities and the resources that they're coming up in are not granted to everybody. So, you know, but the struggle, though, the the, the real struggle, I wouldn't want my kids to go through that because I, I want my kids to, to have a better life than I had. So, you know, I don't want them being clowned because they they can't afford certain things or feeling like they got to do desperate things just to get some change. So, you know, that's how I look at it. But just making your kids struggle just because you came up poor to purposely make them struggle, that's a bit much. That's a bit much. So that's how I feel on that. You know, because I remember I wanted Serene to have, like, you know, a raggedy car at first. I wanted them to have a humble vehicle. Now... Sincere has the humble vehicle, but Serene got a car. When we got Serene his car, his car was better than mine. Like his car was more modern than mine. He had a he had a uh he had a reverse camera in that joint. I was like, yo, man, you doing your thing. Like when I got him the car, I was like, man, you doing your thing. All right, my car was mad old, had mad mileage on it. It was raggedy. I didn't have no camera in the back. My car was a 2003 Mitsubishi Lancer, you know, and we got we got Serene like a, it was a Kia Forte. This car was nice in the mind, a little two-door joint, attractive. But initially, me and Sheree was just like, yo, let's let's get them a car. Let's get them a bucket just so they know where their real friends are, just so, you know, to keep them humble out here. But then when they called me from the dealership, I was just like, oh, oh, this is what we doing? I just put in on it, and then we got them that. But but Sincere has a humble vehicle. Amani was selling her Ford Focus uh, for like two 2000 and I was just like, let me get that. Because for one, uh, Sincere's not really into cars like that. So I knew he, he just didn't really care. And for another, I knew he just really just wanted something so he can get back and forth to work. Now, you know, that car's a little too raggedy. So we got we to gotta upgrade Sincere on the car tip. Because that car is a little too raggedy. Um, but he ain't even tripping, though. But it's just that, you know, that car has some ailments that he shouldn't have to deal with so 
And, you know, Cecile's humble with it. He, You know, he's a humble guy, so it's just like, all right, you know what I'm saying? Let, let's get you something that uh, that's a little bit more modern and has less technical difficulties, if you will. So we'll see what happens there. Um, we finished Snowfall, the latest season of Snowfall. We finished it. About to give a little quick review recap. Um, spoiler alert if you're in here. It could be some possible spoiler alerts. We finished uh, Snowfall, Movie Night, Patron Saints, Watch Parties. We finished it. Um, this season was not as good as last season. Last season was better. I honestly miss Man Boy in this season. I just feel like we had we had a better villain element. Um, this season was a lot more internal within the family, though, and it kind of hurts to see. We got dissension between, you know, uh, Louis and Franklin. Because um, last season, it was rapid fire, man. The stuff going on with Scully, the whole man-boy situation, it was rapid fire last season. Last season was hard to top. But I feel like they didn't really keep that momentum with this season. They kind of slowed it down. They made a couple weird um, episodic choices in terms of direction and storyline that was kind of like left field. Like there was an episode where they ended up on this odyssey of just like, you know, being being hunted by robbers and, you know, uh, they were being they were on the run from Mexican gang members and ended up in a cage with a tiger and a dude. It was just, I was like, yo, what the hell is going on here? Um, and then, you know, they had this whole episode where everybody at the wedding, you know, he spiked it with LSD, so now they in the wedding tripping. It was just like, yo, what what's happening right now? So this season was definitely surreal. Uh and so I was just like, wow, they made some interesting artistic choices this season. Peaches just disappeared. We don't know where he is. I didn't like that. I didn't like how they did that. Um, Peaches is just out of here. I don't know what happened to him. And the cold part is I talked to D-Ray himself. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even know. And he's the actor playing Peaches. So it's just like, yo, what the hell is going on? So, um, you know, Jerome still killed it. Uh, I did like that confrontational rift between Louis and Franklin. Um, they just threw in, they threw in a girl on us for Franklin's love interest. That They just threw her in wholesale and expected us to just embrace her. She came out of nowhere. Um, a lot of us don't even trust the character. Like, where did she come from and why is she here? It, it, it just didn't feel like an organic character throw in. So it was just like, yo, I don't know. Um, you know, Franklin's mom is low key kind of working with the KGB just to figure out who killed her husband. So you got that whole dynamic, um, you know, Leon wants to make some changes, you know what I'm saying? He's starting to feel guilty about the whole drug game and what he's doing in the black community, which I respect, which I respect. And I kind of like I kind of like that mind frame dynamic, uh, you know. So it was just 
it was an interesting season. Um, you know, peaks and a lot of peaks and valleys in this season. Um, Cause last season, man, it was all peaks, damn near. Like last season was just incredible. This season was definitely a downslide. It's a, it's a valley, and I will say, you know, it's hard for a show to keep the momentum season after season. You're gonna have some weak seasons. Hopefully, you have some some ups and downs within the seasons. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, I gotta kind of ding this season. Uh, although it's still my favorite drama right now, it definitely wasn't as good as the last season. Arguably, this is the weakest season so far of Snowfall. Overall, when I take it all in, when I sit here and reflect, this is the weak, weakest season yet for Snowfall. But forget all that. Man, y'all want another smooth jazz review of the latest season of Snowfall. Well, here it is. Oh, yeah. I'm giving uh, Snowfall three and a half saxophones out of five. What season is this? Is this season five or four? I think it's season four, right? Y'all let me know. This is season five? Oh, wow. We breezing through. So season five of Snowfall, I'm giving three and a half saxophones out of five. Um, so hopefully there'll be a bounce back for the next season, but I'm gonna give this one three and a half saxophones out of five. Um, still, still, you know, it still had good moments in it. Like I really like the, um, the character, uh, who's the character that got out of jail with the teardrop. They had a vendetta with Franklin and them because they were responsible for the death of his brother. What's his name? Debbie Allen's son is playing him. Kane. More Kane, please. More Kane. Kane came in and made his presence felt. I want to see more Kane in season six. More Kane. He's playing Norm Nixon on Winning Time. We want to see more Kane. I want to see more Kane, more Scully. You know what I'm saying? This is what I want to see. I want to find out where Peaches is, when he's coming back. Where did he go? Why did he leave? I want to know. I want to see it. I want to see it from Peaches himself. This is what we want. This is what we want. Less Teddy. Teddy dry ass was getting on my nerves, but we need Teddy because we got the Teddy Franklin rift. You know what I'm saying? What's my guy, the wrestler, man? More of him. I love I'm loving, I'm loving the wrestler. I don't know why I can't think of the old show. More him. Oh, uh, we we own this city. Yes, we are watching that on HBO. When does it start? Also, we need more also. More Kane. Um, I even like, I know y'all don't like him. But I even like that dirty cop. The dirty cop, the dirty cop is interesting to me. I don't like him, but I like him, if that makes sense. He's annoying, but I like him. Cause I want to see him get his. He's a slime ball, but I like this Jerry Curl having slime ball cop. Keep him, keep him in the mix. 
keep them in the mix. But that's my Snowfall Season 5 review. All right. That's my Snowfall Season 5 review. Another review I want to do and then get up out of here. I watched The Northman last night. The Northman. I went to the movies last night. I went to the AMC. That's about 20-something minutes from my house. First of all, I just want to say I miss living in Burbank, California, down the street from an AMC. I miss this. Yes, yes, my living condition is is better in terms of where, but um, it hurts not to be able to walk straight to the AMC. AMC is prime real estate movie theater going. AMC, to me, is the best movie theater chain in the country. I've been to Regal. I've been to Edwards. I've been to uh, Arclight. Um, I've been to some, you know, some uh, more independent, like smaller theater chains. AMC is the best. AMC, they got the good sound, they got the good visuals, they got them good seats, they got Prime, they got 3D, they got Dolby, they got what you need. AMC is the best theater out here. And if you if you go to the movies a lot like I do, you get A-list, you paying $20 a month, you can watch three movies a week for $20 a month. They don't add on the extra charges if it's 3D, if it's in Prime, they don't do that. It's the best deal in town if you are a movie goer. But my only thing is, it's too far for me now. It's 20-something minutes for me now. I went to the 10 p.m. show of The Northman. The Sandman was kicking my ass last night. Sandman was piecing me out in the movie theater last night. I was getting pieced up and pieced out. I was fighting for my goddamn life. I'm getting older now. I can't do the 10 p.m. show now. I mean, I'm going to do it. If it, if, it, if the movie's big enough, I'm going to do it. But if I got to drive 20-something minutes, then go to the 10 p.m., sit through the trailers, now we got to sit through the Nicole Kidman thing. AMC, lose the Nicole Kidman dramatic going to the theater piece. We don't need that no more. People are coming back to the movies. They're just going to come back to the movies regardless. We don't need the Nicole Kidman there's something special about the movies because here they are. We don't need the Nicole Kidman dramatic walking up to the movie theater in the rain and it just rained. She got the hoodie on. She got on this extravagant, you know, glittery suit going to the movies by herself. Show us the real Nicole Kidman. If you're going to the movies by yourself, you're going to have some sweats on. You're going to have on some sweats, damn near PJs. You're going to have sneakers on or, or, or slides or something. You're not, going, you're not going to the movies by yourself in this ensemble. Give us the real Nicole Kidman. And I'm tired of seeing this little clip before the movies, man. No disrespect to Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman is a phenomenal actress. And as a matter of fact, she's in the movie I watched last night. So it was weird seeing her. Walk up to the theater in the little AMC spot, and then she's like, because yeah, here they are. And then she's actually in the movie itself. The Northman from visionary director Robert Eggers comes The Northman 
an action-filled epic that follows a young Viking prince on his quest to avenge his father's murder. That's the premise of this film. Robert Eggers, okay, he's the director of such films as uh, The Lighthouse, The Witch, and, well, goddamn, the rest are shorts. So Robert Eggers did The Witch, The Lighthouse, and now The Northman. He really likes The in his movie titles. The, The, The. The, 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 the. Um, the Lighthouse was weird. I saw The Lighthouse. It has uh, Robert Pattinson and uh, Willem Dafoe as two guys working working at this lighthouse together. And it's like a, you know, you're dealing with madness and, and you know, breaking mentally and, like, being stuck at this lighthouse and you're freaking out internally and you just, you know. Um, interesting movie. Uh, I would probably give it, like, three saxophones, three and a half saxophones. Interesting movie. Kind of took took you to a place. But it was weird. It was weird, but interesting. And I haven't seen The Witch. I didn't even bother wa- watching The Witch. Now he now he's back with The Northman. What interests me about The Northman was um, the visuals. The visuals in this movie, I was like, yo, I can tell it's going to be some dope visuals in this movie. Anything having to do with Vikings, um, you know, the North, winter landscapes, you know, you got the green, you got the mountains, you got the cold. I was like, yo, this movie is going to be crazy visually because when they, whenever I think Vikings, I'm just thinking of that that type of visuals. They shot this movie in Iceland. Iceland looked like it's just beautiful. Iceland is a place that I want to visit. I just want to see these visuals because to me it looks amazing in picture and film. I want to go to Iceland. Um, but they shot it in the UK, Iceland, Northern Ireland. Uh, so there's a lot of Ireland locations here in the UK. But um, and Ireland is another place I want to go to. So I'm very much um, into those type of visuals, you know. And you know, y'all know my my ethnic makeup now. I got German and Irish in in my genetic makeup. So I don't know if that's why I appeal to these type of lo locales and locations and oh yeah that looks great you know even though i'm mainly nigerian shout out to my 30 something percent nigerian but i'm also intrigued by you know you know iceland and and norway and sweden and like ireland and like you know those type of visuals like the landscape is interesting to me so i already knew going in this movie was going to be a dope visual experience. And we're dealing with the Vikings, so they're going to be in the in the fur coast, and it's going to be, like, wild looking. They're going to have the beards. They're going to be wearing a wolf as a hat, and, you know, they're just going to be out there, and you, you wear what you kill. And, uh, wait, Bjork is in the movie? I don't even remember seeing her. Hold on. Let me see who she was. Is she in this movie? Hold tight. Hold tight, y'all. I'm looking for Bjork. Side note, Bjork, I love her voice. She makes some really dope music. 
She was in this joint. I didn't know that was her. I did not know that was her. Yeah, she's in this movie. Did not, did not even put, did not even put it together. Yeah, she's in this movie. She's not in the movie long, but she's in the movie. Yeah. Wow. Didn't, didn't even, didn't even, didn't even piece it together. I was fighting for my life with the Sandman. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's talk about the the lead actor, Alexander Skarsgård. Um, he would have been a good Thor candidate. I think he would have been a good Thor. He might not have had the charisma that uh, Chris Hemsworth eventually got to show us as Thor went on, and we and, and they gave Thor more more personality as the, as the movies went on. But uh, visually, man, this guy. This guy is Thor as well. You know, he just looks like a big Norse god up there, man. Um, and, you know, I, I got familiar with him because of True Blood. but uh, And he comes from an acting family. His, his father was actually in Thor. And, you know, his brother is Pennywise the Clown. Uh, so the Skarsgars are out here on the acting tip. Um I was just thinking that the whole time. I was just like, yo, man, I would like to have seen him as Thor. Just to, just to see. Just to see what it looked like. Just to see what it's hidden for. Maybe they can give us a multiverse Thor. Maybe he can be Beta Ray Bill in the future. I don't know. But uh, I liked him in this movie. Uh, I like the premise of revenge. Like, yo, you kill my pops. I'm coming back for that ass. I like that. You know, Um I like that that storyline, you know. Um, the girl with the eyes is also in it. You know, she's got some her eyeballs really pop for some reason. What's her name? Um, Anya Taylor Joy. She's got interesting eyeballs. You know what I'm saying? There's something about her eyeballs. I'll be like, yo, eyeballs, man. She back. She's got she's got cool eyeballs for the screen. Um Ethan Hawke plays the father of uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Nicole Kidman plays his mom. Uh, she's in it. You know, Nicole Kidman is going to deliver. Uh, everybody was pale because there's no sun. Everybody's cold. We're talking Vikings here. Everybody's out here just the whitest of white. Um, but the story of revenge and swords and gritty, everything is gritty. You just be like, man. I would not want to live back then. And you know what I'm saying? They they grabbing, grabbing your sword back then was like grabbing the pistol. Now, now you would see them, they'd be like, oh, what was that? Shink. They would, they would pull a sword out. That was your pistol back in the day, man. The only thing is you got to be super cold with that sword. One false miss and somebody on the inside of you stabbing you in the rib cage. Man, this was a different time. I'm just like, God damn, man. Living back then, this was eight. the The movie was set in eight ninety five, eight nine. The year eight ninety five. That sounds like a price. Eight ninety. Yeah, it's gonna be eight ninety five. That's how much a bottle of water gonna cost you at the airport. Eight ninety five for this Fiji, small bottle. And I'm just like, man, man, imagine living in 895. Imagine you go back in time to 895, Iceland. What you finna do out there? 
you about to stick out like a sore thumb in this bitch. And everything look cold at all times. Penis on shrink 24 hours a day. You know what I'm saying? The movie was interesting, though. It's like this little boy, he sees his father murdered, and he goes on a quest. He's like, yo, man, I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to come back and save my mom and my little brother. I'm coming back, man. I'm coming back. And so for years, he's just like, yo, revenge, revenge, revenge. Can you imagine growing up, all you think about is revenge. You growing up. I don't think he, you know, they wasn't going to school at 895. Imagine, imagine, put yourself in the now. You see your pops get murdered out. And they try to kill you, but you escape. You know what I'm saying? You see your mom get scooped up by the cast that betrayed your dad. And you be like, yo, mom, man, I'm going to come back for you. But you can't even say, I'm going to come back for you. You just got to run off because they're going to kill you. So he rowing, he rowing off the island. He's like, mom, dad, man, I'm going to avenge y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming back, man. I'm coming back for this. I'm coming back for this. Fast forward to years, man. He's still rowing. Except he's a grown man now, but he's still rowing. He's working with these other cats. He's basically a soldier for hire out here for other kingdoms. He's just like, yo, man, revenge. Revenge. I want to get back to the cats that did my dad in, man, that stole my mom's. You know what I'm saying? My mom out here, she could be, she held captive. She could be a sex slave out here, man. I got to get back to mom's, man. My dad got murdered. That's that's the plot of this movie. That's the Northman, man. It could have been the Southman. It could have been the Westman. It could have been the Eastman. But it's the Northman. And he coming back up north for that goddamn revenge. And he did just that. Willem Dafoe is in this movie, man. Willem Dafoe is always good. Willem Dafoe delivers every goddamn time. Willem Dafoe is just... I like this dude. I'm glad he never changed his face, man. He got one of the most interesting faces in Hollywood, and I'm glad he didn't change. He didn't get his teeth fixed. He didn't get no. He didn't get no surgery. He ain't trying to. Man, he's just out here. You gonna get this face, and his voice is dope. Man, listen, man. Um, the movie. You you know what? The movie was visually interesting. A little bit weird in certain spots, but I kind of went in expecting weird, given the director's pedigree. And also, like you know, the images they put up on the screen, I was just like, "Wow, this is this is weird." But I was I was fully invested. I was like, "Yo, I like what's going on here." Uh, I enjoyed the Northman. Um, the the storyline was simple yet effective. Um, the the landscape, the production value, um, I was all in, and the cast was good. Man, forget all that. Y'all want to know the smooth jazz review of the Northman? Well, here it is. Oh, yeah. I'm giving the Northman four saxophones out of five. The fight scenes were good. They were gritty. The R rating was well-earned. And it was low-key like a little whodunit. Even though we knew who did it, it was low-key like a whodunit for the other guy he was getting revenge on because he was playing mind games. He was like, yo, I'm going to kill your friend. I'm going to kill your friends. I'm going to kill your son. I'm going to kill everybody. And you ain't even going to know who it is. Yo. Yeah, the Northman. The Northman was good. I like this joint. Four saxophones out of five, man. Y'all pull up on that, man. Let me know what you thought uh, of the Northman in the comments section. Also, um, what? how do you feel Alexander Skarsgård would have been as a Thor? What's your take on it? Pre, pre, when Thor, before Thor got his glow up, because now we in love with Chris Hemsworth now as Thor, 
It's Thor. It's, it's Chris or nothing. Now, but let's say, let's say Thor, Dark New World, and Thor 1 Thor. How would you feel about Alexander Skarsgård Thor? Let me know in the comments section below, man. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, man. As usual, we out here. Um, that's it for Verbal Cardio. We out. Uh, I want to thank my patron saints for being in here live with the feedback and the questions and the give and take. Love y'all passionately. I'm trying to do a movie night tonight for the movie The Raid. Um, if I don't do it tonight, I'm going to do it tomorrow. But I got to watch the Bulls tomorrow, so I should do it tonight. Um, we got to watch The Raid. Uh, I want to thank y'all so much, man. I love y'all passionately in the shower. You know that. Shout out to Kobe Maguire. I will see you in OKC. Um, good times. Uh, don't forget to share. Spread the word about Verbal Cardio. I'm out here. New episodes every Wednesday. We do it live with the Patron Saints every Tuesday, man. Pull up, man. We out.